Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erin. I'm Bailey. And Erica sends her regrets. She is unable to join us today for this conversation. Something came up at the last minute. So we send our love out to her and we miss her. Um, we are actually joined today for this sports bonus pod um, with Julie DeCaro, a host with 670 The Score in Chicago and a sports writer. She's a Chicago sports diehard, and she's been published by Deadspin, The New York Times, and The Huff Post, just to name a few. Welcome, Julie. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, we're so glad that you could join us today for this conversation. Um, we've been alluding to it for quite some time. Uh, the three of us are, are big sports fans. Um, and so we wanted you to come and talk to us about what it's like being a woman in the sports media. Well, let me tell you, it has its day. You know, it, it's kind of funny because especially in sports radio, I feel like TV is much more um, inclusive of women these days, at least in sports, even though women still aren't doing a lot of stuff in the booths like they're doing. They're all asked times they're sideline reporters or they're moderators, but it's different than radio and that at least there are women like I'm the only woman on, in Chicago working in sports radio. Um, so radio, yeah, like radio has a ways to go to catch up with everyone else in the industry. Wow. I had no idea. I didn't know that either. That's so interesting. Well, and now that I think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, I almost never hear women reporting sports on the radio. I, I, you're right. I see it on TV sometimes, but uh, almost never on the radio. Yeah. I think that like, I, I watch a lot of and so I just assume that women being in the booth is the same as women being on radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, having Doris Burke now is going to do play-by-play for um, ESPN's basketball games, which is great. I mean, she's been doing that for a while. Beth Mowens has gotten to do play-by-play a couple times. I know Sarah Kustak in New York is going to do um, analysis for Brooklyn Nets games, which is great. But that's sort of like the last frontier for women in sports is that there aren't a ton of women doing any kind of either play-by-play or color, especially in baseball. I mean, there's Jessica Mendoza, and, like, that's it. Um, and so it's just – it's one of those weird industries where it's just sort of like Anchorman, you know? It's like it just hasn't really caught up with, like, the rest of the world in terms of, you know, having women be involved. So these days I go around college campuses and speak a lot, and I have a lot of young women say, like, you know, oh, I'm going to do play-by-play for this, or I'm doing, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I'm the, the color analyst or that color analyst for you know this team or that team and that's really great to hear because it's just not something that is common in any way mm-hmm. um so you went to you became a lawyer out of college correct i did yeah i mean i went to law school um after i graduated college i wanted to be in sports casting i wanted to be in sports in general but there just weren't any women for me to look up to i mean there was mary mm-hmm. carillo during wimbledon and there were women on during like Olympic figure skating and gymnastics. Mm. But outside of that, there really weren't women out there on a regular basis, at least, you know, to the extent that we see now. So it's one of those things where you have to be able to see it to dream it, you know, and I didn't see it. So I didn't know what to do. And I didn't want to go to like a small town newspaper and cover like high school boys basketball, you know, for a million years. So I just was like, I, you know, this is hilarious. hilarious. And this is like how mature I was at this age. That I was like, I really, really loved Law and Order, so I was like, I'll just go to law school and be a lawyer. <laughs> that's how I felt about I being like your. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Haley. I was gonna. That's how I went into criminology. 
I was I was like reading a bunch of Patricia Cornwell novels and I was like, I think I'm just going to be a criminal profiler. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of how I picked mine. I was also a criminology major and I was like, cool, I like reading about serial killers. Let's just study those guys. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what made you change careers? So, yeah. So, you know, I always wanted to be, I was, like, my love for the Chicago Cubs is, like, vast and, you know, unknown for most people. And I, um, I, I mean, I always wanted to write about the Cubs. Like, when I was a little kid, I wanted to be, like, the first woman to do play-by-play for the Cubs. And um, when blogging became big, I started sort of frequenting Cubs blogs. This was, like, 2005. Um, and I, I liked them, and I hung out there a lot. And eventually, I started my own. So in like 2007, I started a Cubs blog and it got pretty big and it eventually got picked up by the Chicago Tribune. And it was funny because it was one of those things that like, I never took a day off. Like I was never sick. I was never like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like I would just do it because I loved it. You know, it was all I wanted to do. So um, it got picked up by the Tribune and then eventually the Tribune brought me in-house to run their blog network. And then one day the WGN, which is like a big radio station in Chicago, said, we're going to start an all sports talk station and we want you to be part of it. So it's just kind of funny. Like, I just kind of fell backwards into it unintentionally, even though it was what I really wanted to do. So one of the things that's so great about technology these days, you know, back when I was coming out of high school or coming out of college, if I wanted to be in journalism, you had to, like, go, like I said, to a local newspaper and start really small at covering high school sports and work your way up. And, you know, and there was just – there was no other way to do it. But once blogging became big – you yeah. could be a sports writer. Like, you mm. just had to do it. And so today I always tell kids, like, you know, if you want to be in radio, start a podcast. If you want to be on TV, start a YouTube channel and just do it. And it's um, it's a, kind of like a cool backdoor to the industry where if you can get a big enough following, there are people who will hire you based on the fact that you already mm-hmm. have an audience. And you don't necessarily have to go through all those, you know, go through those twists and turns that everyone used to have to do to try to get into the industry. Yeah, you see that a lot. I've seen that with, like, hockey, you know, like, the Vancouver mm-hmm. blogger network for a long time, and they call them influencers, and they put them on, like, the sides of buses. Yep. Uh, you're seeing that kind of now with, like, The Athletic, which is, yep. leverage, you know, people who are, it's like the new media blog for, or website for sports, really. Yes. Um, yeah, and I mean, I got my job at the Tribune because of uh, my Twitter following, and Hmm. Now all you have to do is build up a following, you know, just start doing it, build up a following, and there are people who will hire you. Absolutely. Um, did you, did your idea of what being a woman in sports media um, align with the reality? Like, did you think it was going to be super glamorous and exciting and then it was kind of different in any way? Or what, what did your reality yeah, it's, it's definitely not as glamorous as it looks on TV um, <laughs> um, or sounds on radio. Uh, you know, I, I think that um, one of the things that's really hard that I was not prepared for is the idea that I would be, like, the only woman. So, like, mm. there are other women in my office who work in sales or promotions or whatever, but I'm the only one on the air. Right. And mm. that can be really kind of lonely. I mean, I'm the only, you know, there are no female producers. There's no, you know, it's all men and me. And that was something I wasn't really prepared for. And then I guess, you know, just the way that, that radio in particular is is very sort of old-fashioned in that there are so many guys and there are so few women. So a lot of things that are said on radio, 
sometimes I'll just, you know, be sitting there and, and I'm like, hey, you know, because it's just something really sort of unacceptable that you wouldn't say in polite society. But because Sports Talk Radio is such a, like, bro hotbed, but they do say things like that. And they do things like ranking, like, you know, players' wives and girlfriends by looks oh. and, you know, stuff like that. And it's in, in that, in having to be, like, the one person to stand up and be like, don't do that. That's gross. It's like... That is something that I was not prepared for. Because I think you think it's going to be, like, you know, all fun all the time. You're just, like, covering sports constantly. And, and I mean, compared to, like, when I was a lawyer for domestic violence victims, I mean, my worst day in sports radio is way better than my best day hmm. back when I was yeah. doing that. But it, it's still, um, you know, there's, there's plenty of days when, like, there's nothing happening in sports. And, you know, you're just kind of sitting around. Or days when, you know, something's happening on a show that you really disagree with and you think is really sexist, and then you go through it like, do I say something or do I not say something? And if I do say something, am I going to get labeled as being difficult? And, you know, I think women go through that a lot in probably every industry. But, you know, I think of when you're when you look at it from the outside, those are the kinds of things you don't see. I think that's really interesting. I think it's a good segue to kind of talking about how, aside from talking just about sports you also cover a lot of feminist issues like we read the article um, where you comment on Brock Turner and you've talked a lot about online trolls and about how like men complain about a female announcer's voice on the radio and so I'm is that do you think that that comes from your background as a lawyer in domestic violence or you know what has it been like to add those things to your brand as like intersecting feminism and sports yeah, it's funny. Um, so, you know, social justice has always sort of been my thing. I mean, when I was in high school, like, I was the president of Amnesty International. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was, like, that person. Um, so social justice has always been something that I, I care about very much. And I, I feel like because there are so many men in sports that you don't necessarily get um, both sides of a story sometimes when it comes to those kinds of issues, like violence against women and Mm-hmm. Um, racial issues and, and issues of sexism. Um, and, and the other thing is that oh, I totally just lost my train of thought. No, oh, <laughs> you've got a lot of people covering, you know, when it comes to issues like athletes being accused of violence against women, you've got a ton of people covering these issues who really don't know what they're talking about, right? So you've got like the local NFL beat writer covering the Ray Rice allegations. And like he doesn't know, he hasn't been educated mm-hmm. on domestic violence. So he's just like, oh, yeah. Janelle or Janae Rice apologized today for her part in, you know, in, in being punched mm-hmm. knocked out in an elevator. And it's like, what the? And so yeah. it's been really important to me to, to try to add to that conversation from a standpoint of someone who has been on both sides of it. I mean, I was a public defender and I defended abusers and I also later went on to work on the victim side of it. Um, so I, I try to educate people through sports writing on a lot of these issues. The funny thing is that I had a couple of people tell me, you know, talking about this stuff constantly in no way helps your career. And like, you're doing yourself a disservice by focusing on all these issues. Um, And the person who told me that was actually one of the people who got let go in the big ESPN layoff. So (laughs) I was like, (laughs) she like totally knew what she was talking about. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, there are people out there who, who cannot stand me because they think all I talk about are like gender issues in sports and they don't want to talk about that. They want to just sit back and watch sports. And my response to that has always been, like, if you can watch sports and all you think about is sports, that's an incredibly privileged point of view. Because if you're a woman and you're watching the NFL and Ezekiel Elliott's running around out there, you know, not thinking, if you are a person who doesn't think about, you know, the allegations, the domestic abuse allegations against him, 
you come from a place of great privilege that most of us don't come from. Yeah. So um, I try to keep it in perspective. I, I don't doubt that it probably holds me back in some ways, but it's also one of those things where I have to be able to look in the mirror and I have to be able to sleep at night. And I think that if I, if I didn't speak out on issues that I'm knowledgeable about that I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's, that's entirely fair. Um, one thing that we talk about, I would say maybe every week, every other week on the podcast as sports fans, you know, when talking about Colin Kaepernick, when talking about Jamel Hill is whether or not we can, can should or can continue watching these sports. Right. Um, and I know yeah. regularly, like, is a much bigger, like, NFL fan than I am. So, like, she, I guess, I don't know, Bailey, do you want to speak to that? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's, yeah, I, I grew up watching the NFL and, you know, it, every year something happens where it becomes more and more problematic to watch. And what's interesting to me is like, I just did a training with the CFL team here, the red blacks on preventing domestic violence and sexual abuse. And like the, like the CFL is now like, well, we should do this all the time. So it seems like an easy, like you can address this quite easily, but I don't know. Like then I'm like, is it worse if I like don't watch it? And then, I don't know, then nothing happens or like, should I keep watching it to support players like Colin Kaepernick who are trying to do something? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm in a real yeah. pickle, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, it, the NFL is so problematic. And today one of the owners came out and meant to say like, you can't have the inmates running the asylum, but instead he said oh. you can't have the inmates running the prison. Oh. So oh. it's like, oh, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I think it's really hard. I mean, I have not bought NFL merchandise or bought tickets to a game um, since the Ray Rice thing happened because just the response to that was so terrible. Um, and so that's my way of protesting. Like, I mean, I'll watch it on TV and I have to for my job, but I'm not giving you another dime yeah. out of my pocket. So, um, yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, the thing is that's so stupid about, like, the whole stick to sports thing is, like, sports has always encompassed huge political issues. So, you know, baseball integrated before America integrated. And Muhammad Ali brought the Vietnam War to, like, people's dinner table conversations. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so just this idea that, you know, just shut up and stick to sports. Like, I mean, since Jesse Owens, you know, ran in Berlin when the whole, like, you know, white supremacy Nazi thing was happening, which is sadly 2017. And we have Mm -hmm. a Nazi problem again, which is alarming. But, um, I mean, sports have never been separated or divorced from what's happening in society and for people to say that just they're just people who aren't thoughtful and don't think about a lot of things and don't want to think about a lot of things because it's hard and i don't yeah. just don't think those are the people that should be driving the narrative in like anything in any facet of life mm-hmm. yeah one of the the quotes that struck me in your piece in the times about female announcers voices was that a lot of viewers and i guess this skews more towards men is that they they watch sports as like an escape from their wives and their partners. Yeah. And they don't want to hear like a woman's voice because it's just a re- constant reminder to them. And I think that, yeah, that's one privilege and two, just completely ignorant. It's so messed up. <laughs> oh. yeah. well, it is, I mean. Sorry. I, to I mean, me. Look, like this whole generation, uh, like I'm a, I'm a firm Gen Xer. And, like, I was born after Title IX. I was born with a dad who is really progressive and was like, I don't care if she's a girl, I'm going to teach her to throw baseball, you know? And and so, like, we grew up watching sports just like our brothers did. 
So this idea that, like, women somehow don't have any ownership in sports, that it's only men, it's just insane. Like, I, I put my, my knowledge of sports up against any guys, like, any day of the week. This idea that it's somehow something that men own and what women are now trespassing on is just so obnoxious. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, the fact that they see it as an escape from their partner, just, like, it's like, well... What, like what's to say she wouldn't watch I I've dated a lot of guys who I've watched a lot more sports than you know and it's like I don't know it's not an escape you, it's not a club yeah and like yeah my, I agree my partner and I like we are both diehard baseball fans so we'll watch uh baseball games together and even if we're not like together because we live apart like in different cities um but like we'll like spend like half an hour on the phone going over like the intricacies of and all these things. Yeah. That's fun and enjoyable as like sports fans. Like what mm-hmm. you want to share that with your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I know. And you know, it's funny because my husband is like a huge NFL fan, huge hockey fan because he's from Minnesota, but I'm the bigger baseball fan. But guys will always come up to him and just start talking about baseball with him and he'll just like point to me. But it's funny because like people will be like, Oh, what do you do? And I'll be like, Oh, I work in radio. What station do you work for? And I'll say six seventy to score and they say like in sales or and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm on the air making sports words with my mouth, which I understand <laughs> might be hard for you to understand, but it's like people just cannot wrap their head around the fact that there's a woman on the air on like a sports station. It's 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 really kind of funny to watch. Yeah, and it's weird because like we we're also living in a time where like as you mentioned at the top where there are more there's never been more women covering sports, you know, in print mm-hmm. on TV in particular. But like like we also mentioned, like we're living in a time where men are increasingly feeling threatened. They're like male fragility is at like an all time mm-hmm. high. Um, have you noticed like a shift um, in the kind of response you've received over the past like year or so since that's kind of like become like a tipping point? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Um, not really. I mean. <laughs> to say yes um i think that that it's i think people think it's normal to like see a woman on tv in like a short skirt and high heels on the sidelines which is just insane i mean how you are expected to walk on turf in like high heels to me is just completely i don't get it but um i think people think like that's normal but i think the ideas of a woman being a sports writer or like being in radio where you're not relying on your looks i think is still kind of foreign to people so I mean, no, <laughs> I didn't really notice that big of a difference. Or maybe I have just because like my profile's gotten bigger. And so people know already who I am when they meet me. But, you know, still when I meet people who, who have no idea who I am, have never heard of me, they are still kind of like, you know, so you work in sales or like you do voiceovers for commercials or what? And I'm like, no, I, I host sports shows, like, believe it or not. So. I mean, not really. Um, I hope that someday we do see that change, but not yet. Yeah. That's really yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, that 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 number has been pretty solid for you know a good <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Erin and I before this we were talking about how there's sort of like the 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 women who are recover like covering sports on TV too are seem to be under this pressure to fit that sort of Fox News caster woman on the news like mold where they have a certain look and have to like 
they have to be very glamorous at these sporting events. And, I, and I'm always like, mm-hmm. I, I can't be very comfortable. It's cold a lot of the time, too. Like, a lot of the time, they just look really cold. <laughs> yeah, it, it's insane. I mean, I love um, women like Michelle Tafoya and Susie Colbert, who will just be out there in, like, their puffer jacket with, like, a hat on, you know? Like, because it is ridiculous that you see some of the things that you see women in. And I, I know Christine Brennan of USA Today has been really outspoken about this, too, is, like, Especially, like, NFL stuff. Like, a lot of the studio shows, like, women are dressed like they're going to a cocktail party. Yeah. It's it's completely insane. It's like, this is, like, seriously? This is what you want me to talk about sports in? So, I mean, I I do TV from time to time, and I just, I don't like it. There's just too much going on in TV. But um, the great thing about radio is, you know, when I was a lawyer, I had all these, like, really nice suits. Like, I used to actually wear nylons with my heels. Like, I was always, like, super dressed up. And now I can, like, throw on a hoodie and jeans and a pair of, like, Chuck Taylors and go to work. And that's what I do most of the time. So, um, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, but the TV, the women in TV, there's still a very specific look. And it's very still, like, you know, supermodelish and blonde and um, sort of inobtrusive and, like, overly feminine. It's really kind of nuts. Because if you look at the women in the crowd, in the stands, they don't look like that. I mean, most mm-hmm. women fans look like regular women, and most of us are going to wear, like, jeans and a hoodie to a game. So, yeah. like, the way that sports, that women on the sidelines especially are dressed is just crazy. Yeah, it's it's making me think of, so one of my favorite shows is the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders making the team on CMT. <laughs> and, you know, the, the expectations of those women to, like – even on the TV show, when they're in the gym, they have to be camera ready, they call it. And they always have to have like a full face of makeup on and a full hairdo. Yep. And it still seems like when whether women are on the sidelines cheering for the team or whether they're they're covering the sport, it's still about performing for the, the, the male gaze, I guess, is kind of what it seems like. Absolutely. And yeah, I, absolutely. It is still about the male gaze and that same that is not that view is not afforded to the women who are watching who make up nearly 50 percent of the Mm -hmm. fan base in almost every sport now but like they don't care like what the men look like like they'll throw some like total like toad up there because he knows (laughs) about football but with the women it's still very very specific and i don't know that that's going to go away anytime soon i feel like there's a, a generation of like program directors who need to retire and get some younger blood in there and then maybe that'll start to change um, but you know, for right now, that's the way it is. And I don't know that that's going to end anytime. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you think, um, um sorry, go, Bailey, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, do you think just because I am obsessed with the, the cheerleader show, like, do you think that the, the treatment of cheerleaders will start to kind of like equalize? Cause I know that they make so little money compared, well, certainly compared to what the players are making and, you know, just like the expectations of them. I don't know. What do you have any like when the Buffalo Jills? God, I hope so. I mean, yeah. some of the lawsuits that have been filed, like the the stuff in the lawsuits, has been absolutely harrowing to read. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I honestly, I would love to see them all unionize and like try to get some rights bargained for. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the fact that I mean, I had a friend in college who wound up being an Indianapolis Colts cheerleader, and like one day she she came, she was like she was a gorgeous brunette, and she used to do like all kinds of like Bud Light calendars and stuff like that, and. She came in one day and she had like bright red hair and we were all like, what's up with your hair? Because it didn't look like normal for her. It didn't like, she just didn't look like a redhead. And Mm -hmm. she was like, well, we already had like three brunettes, so I had to be a redhead. And I'm just like, like, that's seriously the way they think of it. Like, oh, we got too many brunettes out there. Better mix it up a little bit. Get some different hair colors. Yeah. It's like, it's just insane. And it's such a throwback to like another time. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Wow. And I really do hope that they figure out a way to get some better treatment, not just in pay-wise, but, you know, some of the things that, that were done to them with, like, weigh-ins and, oh, yeah. and stuff like that were just really just horrible to read. So I, I hope that they've got enough good lawyers working on these cases now that they come out of this with some kind of collective bargaining agreement and a union. Totally. Yeah. They don't even, they barely make a living wage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be a cheerleader for the Dallas Cowboys, you have to have a full-time job. That, like, the being the cheerleader is not your job at all. So I think that that's. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. So it's interesting. Uh, um, So I wanted to, I was wondering, like, what does, does the score cover um, women's sports at all? No. No. Hmm. No. Um, I, you know, when I'm doing updates, I, so it's very focused on like the four big okay. pro sports, right? So like in terms of like soccer, like when I talk about soccer on the air, that's even like a radical thing to do. Um, so mm-hmm. like, you know, I try to throw in like, you know, the WNBA scores. Um, I try to throw in like the Chicago Red Star soccer team. I try to add scores like that to when I'm doing updates, but most people don't. And, you know, it's funny because in Chicago, there are so many, women playing sports there are so many ex-athletes there are so many young girls playing sports and yet you know like women's sports it's it's just sort of like they don't exist so when the um u.s women's hockey team was really fighting to try to get a pay increase we had several of them i had them on my shows talking about you know stuff that was happening and it was interesting because so many guys got engaged and men would call in and say you know i have daughters that play hockey and i so appreciate what these women do and and, you know, I'm, I appreciate them fighting for the next generation and stuff like that. And the audience was really engaged in it. But I think that there's still this idea, like, in programming that, like, oh, no one will want to talk about that. So it doesn't matter. Right. So I guess there's kind of like a – I guess they kind of cover, like, a little bit more of women's sports on TV versus, I guess, radio or – Oh, yeah, I think yeah. so. I mean, I you know, I can go watch, like, the Big Ten women's soccer championships you know on the big 10 network and and stuff like that but in radio there's so few um stations out there everybody's con- everybody's competing for the same like you know to cover the bears and cover the cubs and and stuff like that so it just became it comes like its own bubble where that's like all you're talking about but definitely you see many more women's sports on tv comp- i don't i mean i don't know any radio station that talks about women's sports really and it's it's kind of you know it's pretty sad um and it's sad you know one of the things that that is so frustrating about it is that people say like the WNBA is boring but the reason they think it's boring is because they don't know the players and they don't know the story mm-hmm. if you knew the players and you knew like the stories behind them you would care but it, it's like this cycle because because you don't know it you don't care so you don't watch and because you don't watch then programmers are like oh nobody cares about this and so it's just like this vicious cycle that keeps mm. happening over and over. Yeah, and you know, the because of the the athletes' bodies are just physiologically different. You play they play a different game. So like understanding yeah. these between like NBA and WNBA is like a big deal. Yeah, I agree. Hmm. Interesting. Um, do you think that um, hopefully as like we progress as like a culture and society that we'll more and more women's sports would become covered in radio and then sports media or what do you think that you know I, I would like to see I would love to see a time where like you know in radio when you're looking up the bull score to report you're also looking up the sky score. 
for, you know, the Chicago Skies um, scored a report. But I don't know that there's ever going to be a time when it's like, coming up next, we're going to talk about the WNBA playoffs. I, I really cannot see that happening in my lifetime anyway. I hope it happens, you know, down the road. But I, it's just – it seems like so – such a far-off thing to think about. And, you know, a lot more people in this country are going to have to become much more engaged in women's sports for them to ever justify covering it on the radio. Yeah. Um, all right, just before we, we head off here, um, if you were to give um, aspiring female broadcasters um, some advice and some advice for, like, feminist, progressive women who like sports, what would that be? So here's my advice for women in broadcast, or women who want to be in sports media, let's say that. Ask for what you want. Learn to ask for what you want. Guys go in all the time and say, I want to host my own show, or I want to raise, or I want this, and I think I deserve it, and here's why. And women, I think because we're so concerned about not being pushy and not being, like, bossy and not being, like, overbearing, that women are very concerned about, like, not doing that. Like, and and you have to. In this industry where you're competing with a million men, you're just going to get run over if you don't learn to stand up for yourself and go in and be like, I think that I should get this job, and I deserve it, and here's why. And it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable for a lot of women, but it's something we have to learn to do. And for women who are sports fans, I mean, one of the issues with, like, I think media across the board is that even though women buy, like, 80% of merchandise for pro sports teams, and even though they make up, like, 50% of the fan base in a lot of sports, the programmers don't know you're there. And so they don't program sports stuff for you. So make yourself known. Like, if you are an NBA, you know, you're a huge NBA fan, like, make yourself known to the, who's ever broadcasting the game, that you're mm-hmm. out there, so that we don't have to see, like, 14 freaking Cialis commercials right in a row. You know? I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, the, and it, it's the same for sports radio. Like, there are tons of guys out there who are convinced that women just don't listen to sports radio. And in large part, they don't because it's such a, like, bro factory that it's like, why do I want to turn on and listen to guys talk about, like, ranking women by, like, sexual attractiveness? And because they don't think women listen, then they think they can keep doing that. So, like, when you hear that kind of stuff on your local sports radio station, like, text in or call in and be like, this is bullshit. Like, why are you doing this? There's women out here listening. It's so important for the people making programming decisions to know how many women are out there in the audience. But I don't think they have any idea. And I think that may be when we see things start to change. Yeah, I mean, if people are really interested in that, they can go to bar school. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Um, best place to find me is on Twitter at Julie DeCaro. I also have a Facebook page at Julie DeCaro and Instagram account and, and you know, and all that kind of good stuff. <laughs> Just don't be a jerk and don't troll me and don't like harass me and we'll be good. Don't shame us, bad and bitchy listeners. <laughs> I, I think so too. <laughs> uh, Bailey, anything else you want to add? Nope. That's all for me. Thank you so much for doing this. This was awesome. Yeah, it was great talking to you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, we will be following you on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, we hope to chat with you again sometime soon. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. All right, thanks. Thank you. Bye. Well, that was such a great conversation. Yeah, that was amazing. That was so good. Uh, I'd actually been following Julie on Twitter for 
probably a close to a year now. So it was great to finally actually chat with her and get a sense of what it's like to be a woman in sports media. Yeah, and I thought she had some great advice there, like a lot of things that I wouldn't necessarily have thought of, you know? Totally, and I really liked, um, I hadn't thought about how lonely it must be to be a woman, particularly, I guess, in radio now, um, mm-hmm. just being in the booth all by yourself, not having, like, real colleagues and having to, like, throw it up all the time. Yeah, I, I that, that radio stat, like, blew my mind. Yeah, because I guess I also follow a lot of, like, sports um, TV women, so, like, you know, the other day it was, like, Michelle Beadle and, like, Katie Nolan on ESPN, and, you know that's like kind of a normal thing but guess not on radio yeah yeah i don't know Ugh, well hopefully i think we just want to do some more sports pods so we'll get erica mixing it up with us i know she has lots of feelings on sports totally yeah we'll get her in on the next one for sure well and i think yeah now we can kind of there's a lot of like i feel like julie gave us a good amount of stuff to kind of break down like there's there's so many different issues that we could talk about that I think we could dedicate like lots of podcasts just to sports so yeah yeah like lots of things I had no idea about yes yeah totally um great so you guys subscribe to the pod rate us tell all your friends about us and don't forget to follow us on social media you can find us on twitter at bad and bitchy you can find us on facebook uh, facebook.com forward slash bad and be podcast you can find us on instagram at bad and bitchy pod and you can email us and send us love notes send us questions about sports sports media um you know maybe you you read barstool maybe you have questions about the barstool espn conundrum and drama maybe you have questions about jamal hill i don't know um, just send them to us if you, and well, maybe we'll answer them if we have answers. We'll try. Probably not. <laughs> we can try. Okay. Anyways, I think I've rambled on long enough. Okay. Yeah, just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing, and I miss you. I'm sad that we had to do this on the phone. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.